The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Nash. Do you ever walk into a supermarket and get that sinking feeling in your stomach as you look around at all that wasteful plastic and unnecessary packaging? Imagine getting your groceries in a plastic-free environment with no plastic bags, no plastic single-use containers, and no unnecessary packaging. A place with plenty of fruit and veg, friendly staff, plenty of vegan options, and a scale to tear your own jars. Right here in our nation's capital, Valerie Lelou has brought this vision to reality, successfully starting Ottawa's first zero-waste grocery store. On this episode, I'm going to play for you my conversation with Valerie, the co-founder of New Grocery, on location in Ottawa, to find out what it takes to open a zero-waste grocery store. So this is one of my favorite stores in the world. Everything here is pretty much package-free. So tell me about starting this store. So it started about a year ago? Yes, we've been open since August. So uh, it's going to be a year in August. But of course, we started the project uh, sooner than a year ago. It took us about a year and a half uh, to get ready to open. So how it started, it's, it really stems from my personal need, I would say, for a zero-waste grocery store. Because two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started adopting a zero-waste lifestyle after reading a book uh, about the subject. Which uh, book was the, it? The, the book was Zero Waste Home by oh, Bea Johnson. Awesome. And uh, there, there's one aspect of the zero-waste lifestyle which pertains to grocery shopping. Uh, so what you do is that you try to stay away from single-use plastic because uh, the traditional shopping run is uh, you come home and you almost have as much packaging as you have product and that's extremely wasteful. So the idea is to go into your store and to come with your own packaging basically. So you come with your jar, you come with your own cotton bag and you fill it up with the products that you need. So the products need to be offered in bulk. And um, the challenge that I had back then is that I did find stores in Ottawa that offered bulk products, uh, but they didn't offer the whole range that I needed for my daily needs. So I was ending up going from one store to another and having yeah. five, six, uh, seven sometimes stops on my grocery run and this it just wasn't feasible. So I, I started dreaming about a store where I could find absolutely everything. So really from produce to toothpaste, uh, I wanted to cover all, all the daily needs uh, with the exception of meat and fish. But uh, apart from that, uh, really try to cover everything. Yeah, because I don't see that there's meat, right? There's no meat no, no. or fish. And it's it's not so much a matter of principle, although we know that uh, you know for the environment, it's uh, it's in everyone's interest to reduce our meat consumption. But um, it was more a matter of complexity of the project and and making it uh, you know not a, a project that was too overwhelming and a store that would be too big or you need too much infrastructure, etc. So it was really just to keep it simple. But now we also see the merits of it because we need, as, as a society, and as I would say, the world needs to move away from eating uh, too many animal-based products. So I think we're pretty much on trend. And yeah. uh, your relationship to food is something very personal. Yeah. It, it, it connects. I mean, it's, it's your culture. It's how you grew up with. I know from my personal experience as growing up both in the French culture and the German culture, which are very, very meat-heavy 
food cultures, you know, and, and yes. dairy and cheeses and things like that. So for me to move away from an animal-based diet is, is very, very difficult because it's a, it's pretty much, yeah, moving away from who I am and how I, how I grew up, you know. So, Absolutely. Uh, so I'm trying. I'm not a vegan. I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm trying to reduce and I, yeah, I invite people to try it this way too one step at a time yeah definitely one step at a time that's why i call the podcast the countdown because i'm just yeah. eliminating things one at a time yeah. you know so i can do what i want with my life but uh not produce any garbage yeah. is, is my goal and i get pretty close sometimes and living i used to live in gatineau so i would yeah. come here to do my grocery shopping awesome. and i miss the store so much <laughs> and i would never drive three hours from belleville to come here because then you'd have a big carbon footprint obviously exactly. right exactly. uh so what i do is when i'm up here for visiting friends or family um i bring all my jars then you stock up <laughs> exactly. yeah. Know, yeah we have a lot of people who do that with a lot of customers especially the ones from Gatino, who will come on the weekend and they will just buy as much as they can zero waste and then during the week they'll buy the rest <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you can get certain things here and uh the toothpaste is great so yeah. i've tried making my own toothpaste many yeah. times and it just doesn't taste right especially for my kid yeah. but here it's like perfect so i can bring my jar exactly. in it's regular toothpaste it's you know, very what we're used to, but it tastes great. And so my kid uses it. So we have these little tiny jars mm -hmm. and then a big jar. So we'll take the big jar and put oh, it in the little fun. jars and <laughs> write our fun. names on it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And you guys did a, a vegan cheese tasting I saw. Yes. So tell me a little bit about vegan cheese, because this is something in our culture in Canada. I think all of us, well, not yeah, all yeah. of us, but a lot of us love our cheese. Yeah. And, and then, so, so um, the thing is with the vegan products, um, I, um, my opinion is that you can only switch to a vegan product if you actually like the product. You know, you're not going to switch to a product just because it's vegan out of principle. So um, the product really has to be delicious. And this cheese is absolutely delicious because they choose the cultures that would normally be used for dairy cheeses, but applied to a cashew base. Um, so you have the texture, you have the flavor of a traditional dairy cheese, uh, you know, the aging aspect of it, the fact that it's raw and pasteurized. So um, it's a high quality product. It's really delicious. You're not making any compromises on taste and it just happens to be vegan so at the end you can even buy it just because it tastes great you know it's that's a, awesome <laughs> it looks delicious too yeah, i can no, see it, it does, there it in does. the store and it looks so so good mm -hmm. um so what are the most popular items you sell is it a lot of vegan stuff is it your fruit um you've got a lot of bulk stuff like pastas and spices yeah, and beans yeah. Well, definitely. It's funny because we, we offer all this range, but uh, the best sellers are actually the things that you can buy in bulk in many other stores. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but you know, it's a lot of the nuts and the beans and the things like that that people are just used to buying in, in, in bulk. Um, and uh, they sometimes they just start with that and then they progressively expand. Uh, the spices are definitely very popular because typically you don't need a lot of spices. So when you buy this whole jar in the supermarkets, you have your you have the spices in your spice cabinet for years, but you don't really need them. So people will come in and just buy two scoops of spice, and uh, that's all they need, and that's great. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried spices, and they're very uh, like they're old. So you can you can taste oh, you know years no, in the course, cupboard, of course, right? Of course. So yeah, it's much better to get the fresh uh, the fresh mm -hmm. stuff. And you have um, you have lots of like like feminine products here too, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, there's a movement sort of going toward that, so that's super awesome. Uh, so it's, it's really we call them the zero waste accessories. So these are accessories that just help you um, get rid of all the single use items that you have in your daily life. And as women, we know the pads, the tampons when we're on our period, um, very very wasteful. Uh, so we're offering reusable alternatives, and uh, yeah, they're very popular. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see that switch. We have an episode uh, about all about that too. Oh, it's a, a touchy great. subject, um, but it's so great to see. Oh, these we're, other we're, we're totally uncensored, so we, we yeah. talk about it very, oh, <laughs> very so openly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of people come in too, yeah. right, and give demonstrations yeah. and talk about their products. Exactly. Uh, so, what are some of the events that you've been running? Yeah, so I mean, our most popular workshop was the sourdough workshop. It's, oh. a, it's funny, I, I didn't know that so many people were interested in making a sourdough bread, but uh, that was a very popular workshop. Um, we uh, Another um, very popular one is the zero waste camping and hiking. So uh, how you apply zero waste principles to, you know, your activities outside. And so we've given it twice and it's uh, very, very popular. But then we have, yeah, smaller workshops like, uh, you know, how to do Easter eggs in a zero waste way, how to wrap your parcels at uh, uh, your presents sorry at Christmas oh, yeah. uh, the zero waste way and things like that that's awesome I really wanted to go to the vegan cheese one because I, okay. I just think that that's <laughs> really like that yeah just because I love cheese so much right yeah. but it always comes wrapped in plastic so yeah. I'm trying to find other ways to do it and it's not something that I would make myself right no well you could technically I mean it's a uh, with, yeah. with cashew we might do a workshop actually on how to do your own cashew cheese but uh, oh. I, uh, it's an idea but uh, I, uh, I think it's you can buy really these excellent cashew cheeses um, here so um, yeah you have the choice to yeah. make or buy <laughs> so when you're sourcing products is that something that you're constantly doing and was it a big big challenge for you to source products and then I would assume maybe people are coming to you much more now that that you're here and established Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we started with about 350 products, which were the products that we deemed to be the most essential. And then we increased from there, and now we're probably double. Uh, I mean, I don't have a recent count, but we're probably at 700 now. And that was wow. very much based on customer feedback. So whenever yeah. a customer says, oh, can you... Uh, you know, I'd like to have this kind of nuts, I'd like to have this kind of flour, um, spelt flour or whatever, you know, uh, then we source it and, uh, and we get it from the, for, for them. So there's still a couple of items on the list that we um, don't have yet, but plan on having because uh, customers ask for them. Yeah, absolutely. Like mi- millet, for example, millets. What's, <laughs> what's that? It's like, a, it's in between a couscous and a quinoa, so oh. I'm not a heavy user of that, but uh, I've had a couple of people actually saying that uh, they love that and yeah, it's good for their diet. Yeah, so we yeah. will get it for them. You have a lot of like local suppliers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, some things you, as much as possible, we try to source locally. I mean, there's many reasons for that. So first is that uh, we want to strengthen the local economy. So why buy products that come from afar? Let's re-inject the money in the local economy and, and you know, make us all richer. So that's one thing. The second thing is that um, you reduce uh, the greenhouse gas emissions because transportation is uh, much, much shorter. And the third thing, which is relevant, very relevant for us, is a zero waste grocery store is that with a local supplier you can put in, in place packaging exchanges um, so oh, I'm looking yes. right now I'm looking at the coffee beans here so we get them from a local roaster they deliver the coffee beans in bulk in big buckets and when the bucket is empty it goes back to them so Perfect. when they deliver the coffee they take back the empty bucket and it circulates so it's a really this uh, circular economy at, uh, at a smaller uh, scale which which we're doing here that's so amazing that's perfect because sometimes you wonder right if how zero waste are things um it, when you go back in time and back in time to yeah. the beginning of the product you know all along the way uh for example if you're making a tomato sauce but you're yeah. using like canned tomatoes from yeah. who knows where yeah, 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 yeah. you know it has a little bit more of an impact or might have bpa in the can you know so there's all these questions. The, the, there's all this challenge of uh, being a responsible buyer, to be responsible by buying responsibly or being a responsible consumer is really trying to see the whole story behind the product. So not just the here and now, but uh, how did the 
product come about and what's the story behind it. Um, and I find also that the advantage of sourcing locally is that you have this traceability, you know the story of the product, you know where it was made, you can look at the facilities, you're much more informed and you make much better decisions as a result. Absolutely, yeah, because when something comes from far away, you just don't know what oh, process know. it's been. You don't know, no, there's no way, I mean, there are products that come from far away, I mean, we're not going to you know, fly, fly to China and audit company or you know yeah uh, we just can't do that so uh, in order to reduce the risk and uh, make sure that our products are ethically sourced uh, buying local is a good way to do that absolutely I do have one of the scrub brushes yes. uh, that's working really well yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's from Germany right the exactly yeah, yeah yeah it's a Hedeker it's a it's a German company uh, and uh, it's funny the story of this company it's a funny a family business and uh, um, they've been around for for oh, a couple of decades I think it's the third generation and uh, they're really benefiting from this zero waste boom now. They've uh, they've gone through uh, rough times, I believe, in the 80s and 90s, when it, when it was all about single use and plastic. And because they are doing these old-fashioned, traditional brushes with untreated wood and with a natural bristle, so they're natural too. Well, yeah. Well, they're so some are animal-based. For example, the bottle brushes. It's actually pig's hair. Really, <laughs> I have that one too, actually. Yeah, exactly. So that's pig's hair. But then um, the dish oh, wow. brushes. It's Tampico. Tampico Pico fiber over there. Okay, yeah. I remember reading about that. Yeah, exactly. And I've been using it for four months, and mostly every day because yeah. I cook everything from scratch. Yeah, so yeah, constantly yeah. cleaning well and in stainless steel pans. It's a lot of work, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll soak things, but then I'll use that scrub brush yeah. in combination with a cloth. Yeah. And I find either the cloth or the brush will get things off mostly. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a really great combination tool. Yeah. And then the bottle brush is great because I make yeah. my own beer and wine. Um, so that comes in handy, and uh, and just things that in the dishwasher sometimes they don't come out right. So yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. yeah, the brushes are working uh, are working really really I'm well. Glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know that you sell replacement heads, but yeah, I've been using it for four four months and not even close to needing. Oh no 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 no. Replacement. no, no uh, what, I mean, the only thing that will happen with those brushes because it's uh, untreated beech wood, uh, they will darken over time. So okay. the wood will become dark. Will can sometimes become black. At, uh, which is quite normal. That's how wood reacts when it gets wet. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, dangerous or anything. It's just yeah. uh, the normal reaction of a uh, wet wood. <laughs> well, sometimes I wonder about what wood is treated with. So you know, when you get a cutting board from overseas or something, yeah. uh, I would think maybe they put a laminate or something yeah. chemical on it. So I'm concerned about that. So it's nice yeah. to know that. And and that's really their company policy. They uh, they say no, they don't treat the wood at all because. Uh, yeah. It's the most natural way to do it. Yeah, and uh, you have kombucha on tap. Yeah, the kombucha, very popular. Kombucha. The kombucha, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very popular. Yeah, that's really a very millennial drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 46, you know, I'm not necessarily a kombucha drinker, but my daughters totally are. Yeah, and it's quite popular because, of course, it's cheap on tap because you don't pay for the bottle, right? You come with your own bottle, you just pay for the product. If you forget your bottles, uh, you can rent them here sort of thing? Yeah, so then there's a number of options if you come empty-handed. So, I mean, you got to be realistic. Not everyone is super organized when they uh, when they do their grocery shopping. And even if you are organized, I mean, sometimes you just have a spontaneous uh, buy. <laughs> so um, the options that we have is that for dry products, you can take a paper bag which is compostable, uh, so we thought it's a better alternative than a plastic bag, but of course we want to educate people to come with their own bags, uh, but uh, you know, if there's nothing else, that's what they can take. And we have jars, uh, so two types of jars. We have jars that are deposit jars, you pay $1. When you bring back the jar, you get your uh, deposit back. 
And we also, we have started a donate and reuse program. So our customers bring jars and what we do is that uh, we uh, sterilize them and so they're safe to use and those are for free. So people can just take them as long as the supply lasts. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a really good idea. And very helpful too, because sometimes, yeah. you know, if you're, you don't know where to get jars or you don't have any lying around. I have a cupboard full of them, but... Yeah, yeah, but not everyone. Sometimes you just yeah. forget one or you, you want to buy a product that you didn't think about. And uh, so it's nice to have uh, something to Absolutely. help out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing that I see is the, the fruit in jars. There should be this movement, you know, of us saving our fruit and veg and yeah. putting them back in the cold cellar kind of thing. So houses 100 years ago used to all be built with a, um, a cold cellar, a root cellar, right? Uh, and it's nice to see these jars, and they look like they belong, you know, for oh, about they, They're artisan made, they're really, it's like a grandma used to do them, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's actually a workshop that we're going to do, the, given oh. the summer, yeah, yeah. So oh, well, we're, wait, we're waiting for the season, you know, because you need uh, local fruit. ripe fruits and Yeah, they're not ready so, yet. <laughs> uh, but once we have ripe tomatoes, we'll definitely do a, a tomato canning workshop. That's something that I've been wanting to learn forever. <laughs> so, because yeah. I, find, I find tomatoes are a challenge, uh, zero waste. There's no supplier. We didn't find any supplier that would provide just the tinned tomato, the canned tomatoes, uh, in a zero waste fashion. So mm. we still have to buy them in the supermarket. So in a in a metal tin. Yeah. So I'd like to learn how to jar them. <laughs> yeah, that's great. My mom does them, so we get them jarred from our garden. But I, this is going to be my first year that I'm going to try and take it over because it is a lot of work. Yes. Uh, yes. But the tomatoes here in this area are wonderful. Yep, They're amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually can't eat tomatoes like from a grocery store hardly anymore because I'm so spoiled with these amazing Ontario tomatoes. So yeah, I would love to see if there was more jarred tomatoes because yeah. uh, we interviewed Lorna Harris. Mm -hmm. She's a scientist over in the UK and she says one of the, the number one sources of getting BPAs are from the lining Absolutely. of cans. Absolutely. And tomatoes, yeah. because they're acidic, they would sort of more bring yeah. out the BPAs. So if you could just have them never go in yeah. the can or plastic yeah. uh, and just have them right from the jar, then you're it's exactly. as healthy as exactly. you can be, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, how did you choose the location here? Because it's 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 beautiful. Yeah. For one thing. <laughs> well, we looked at the neighborhood data. Um, so um, our, our target group for this store is is pretty much I would say millennials. So it's pretty much twenty to thirty five years old. Not saying that uh, other people wouldn't buy zero waste, but we just identified that this was a generation that. A, uh, really cares about sustainability, I mean, more on average than other generations, and B, is also more likely to switch uh, the way they do things, you know, to, to change the way they do things yeah. and, and switch to a different way of doing grocery shopping. And it is, it is a different way. I mean, there's no uh, way of uh, sugarcoating it. It's a different way of doing things. So um, they're just more flexible. Uh, so this is really our core target group. Um, so we looked at the neighborhoods in Ottawa where they were represented, where there was a high amount of millennials. Uh, we looked also at, at population density, at retail density, so there's a whole bunch of criteria. And we identified that Centertown and, and Hindenburg were two um, good neighborhoods for this concept. And uh, we found this location here, which was brand new and for me was uh, great because I had this vision of a very clean, very contemporary store and when you go into a new space that has a little bit this industrial look, you know, with the open ceiling, um, it's just my whole vision just came to um, fruition here uh, in, in this store and uh, I have to say the contractor, the architect did an amazing job but that's exactly how I dreamt it, they did it, so yeah, I'm very awesome. happy, <laughs> both about the neighborhood and the location itself. 
So your vision has come true. It's yeah. a beautiful spot. It's very clean. Like yeah. everything's sort of like white and bright and yeah, high exactly. ceiling. And uh, it actually smells really good too. It's one of the first things I notice when I come in. It's funny. People say that. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even notice it. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's like when you come into your home, home you yeah. don't notice the smell, right? Yeah. <laughs> it actually like smells clean. Uh, I would, I would oh yeah. Cleanliness is super important for us. So we're very, very uh, meticulous with that. That's uh, one of the things that always bothered me a little bit with bulk stores when I... Um, from, from a, my perspective as a, as a customer, I always uh, found that they were a little sketchy sometimes. And so that's really something that I wanted to um, to be really, I mean, top, um, I mean, top standards. So uh, the fact that, you know, the bins are sanitized in between batches, that every night we take out the spoons, the scoop holders, the scoops, the tongs, we, we sanitize everything. So everything is really very, very clean and uh, as it should be. It should be a safe environment because, I mean, it is products in bulk, you know, so... Uh, you want to make sure that uh, everything is very clean. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any uh, programs for any food that doesn't get sold? Yes. So if you see over there, for example, produce is uh, typically um, the most wasteful part of a, of a grocery store uh, just because of the shelf life of the produce. So we, we have different steps. So the first thing we will do is when we see that the produce is starting to turn, so we reduce it. So we'll do minus 20% up to minus 50%. And usually we manage to sell them this way. If there's still some left, we will transform them into juices. So you can see over there uh, in the fridge, we have actually a grapefruit juice and, a, and an orange juice. And that's from the oranges that are still perfectly good for juicing, but they just don't look good enough. Uh, especially when we get a fresh delivery, a fresh batch. Then you have the fresh oranges next to the ones that are not as fresh and customers will just go for the fresh ones obviously right so yeah. uh, in that case we juice um yeah but we also juice vegetables uh, so nice. yeah that's uh, what we found to minimize uh, food waste that's so smart and then when you're in here and you just want a little boost of nutrition you can grab that up and then you don't Absolutely. even have to cut up your own fruit or exactly. anything exactly. which is so much better than those plastic containers yeah because uh, someone was was saying on facebook i think that you know some people with a disability or a health problem they want their fruit like cut up yeah. for them but then it has the plastic container yeah. right so it's like hmm what do you do and yeah. that's a perfect way you know put it in some juice and then Absolutely. Do you have advice for anyone who's listening? Because we have an international audience. So yeah. if someone's in another city or another country and they are really into Zero West and want to start their own store, what would be sort of a few things of advice that you would uh, that you would give those listeners? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I would I, I would really advise uh, number one to really take the time to do a very very solid business plan uh, because at the end it is a business and uh, you want to make sure that you can sustain the business. So look at everything. I mean, look at the products that you're going to sell, the margins on this product, get quotes from suppliers, understand your clientele and where you will find it. So uh, there's so many things you need to look at. So do a very very solid business plan. That would be uh, number one. Uh, the second thing is do not do it alone. I, um, I started off alone and what's really saved me was when actually in the spring of 2017 I met Sia um, who has become my business partner. So she actually was working uh, on a similar project at the same time in the same city but we had never crossed paths and the new grocery project was just a little bit more advanced and and when she heard of it she contacted me and she said you know I've been working on this too I mean do you want to join forces and it came at a moment where I was starting to realize that I would not be able to do this on my own and so it was really karma it was just uh, absolutely incredible that she came at that moment and that we also got along so well and it's been such a pleasure to work with her and um, so she's the co-founder honestly um, you know I um 
I mean, I, I, I'm being labeled as the founder, but, but she did so much also. Really, my advice is find someone to do it with. Because, uh, I mean, the grocery store business is tough too. It's very labor intensive. Um, Absolutely. And it's not very high margins. So, uh, yeah, you need, and it's open all the time. You know, the store is open all the time. We're open seven days a week, uh, almost 12 hours a day. So it's really important to have someone else to rely on. Otherwise, you'll never have any day off. <laughs> yeah, and I imagine and, just organizing all the logistics of delivery trucks or going to pick up items uh, when things don't come in on time or they do or there's big rushes right Um, because it's probably hard to tell exactly when people uh, come in or do you you have a busy day? It's very hard because uh, sometimes we feel oh this should be a busy day I mean all the variables uh, you know it's like like today for example the weather's nice uh, uh, and then you realize oh actually it's a pretty quiet day so I haven't quite figured out logic I have to say to the retail business Uh, there are early days where where you feel like okay Really very bad weather. This could be a, should be a slow day, and then you're so surprised to see so many people in the store because they probably think, oh, it's bad weather. Might as well do my groceries. You know, <laughs> so it's just, just don't always get the logic. Um, yeah. Plus, we're a very new business, so we don't really have a very solid history yet. So we're still in the making. So history in the making. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's going to be around forever, and we're going to see more and more of these shops. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I wish there was one in my town, but I don't think our population is nearly big enough. It's so much smaller. Uh, I think we have about fifty thousand people. You need a certain amount of, of you know people coming into the store every day just to cover the fixed costs. You know, it's a, yeah. a brick and mortar business. You have fixed costs, and uh, it's very important to consider that in your business plan also. <laughs> really the, the minimum amount of customers that you need in your store every day is just to pay the rent, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any product that you have that you just love uh, that you would like to give a shout out to? Like, is there something that really stands out that you just... Yeah, there, there are things that I would have never thought I would eat uh, because they're not part of my you know, culture, I would say, but that I have come to absolutely love. So we have a cultured um, vegan coconut yogurt and it's actually, um, so it's a non-dairy yogurt. It's made with uh, coconut milk instead of dairy and uh, with a yogurt culture. Uh, and I find it absolutely delicious. And uh, well, I don't eat it because it's vegan. I eat it because I absolutely love it. So there are products like that, you know, that I and I came to discover as we were working on the store because these were things that our clientele wanted, and uh, so we found them, and uh, they're awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. Were you always into the environment yes. as a little well, girl? I've, I've, yeah, I've always been like, considered myself an environmentalist. Uh, I, I mean, I've done climate marches. I've, uh, I drive a hybrid car. I've always nice. tried to do my, my part. So uh, it's not something, I'm not an 11th hour environmentalist, I would say. But I have to say that the waste issue is something that was always a little bit under the radar for me. I feel like now there's an awareness uh, that is growing. There's more and more articles in the news about uh, the scourge of plastic pollution, for example and what it does to our oceans. But a couple of years ago, you would never have a headline about you know, whales uh, being stranded and having a stomach full of plastic waste. But now you see that more and more. So it's really something where the awareness is, is growing. And uh, yeah, it happened to me at that time. So the epiphany came at that time. So It's a perfect time because yeah, you're exactly. leading the way. <laughs> and I think uh, people are going to get more into it. And that's why I was thinking like if people are listening and then they they want to start their own store they've been wanting to start for a while right there's so yeah. many things that you have to consider uh, to do it right right because we want them to succeed if they're 
Oh, absolutely. You know, I, we, we get a lot of requests of people who say, I would like to open a Zero's grocery store. Can I you bet. give us advice? And, and so at the beginning, I would take the time, I would call, and, and now it's just become too much for me to respond to all these requests. You need a template. So, like no, a, it's almost like that, template. exactly. <laughs> yes, we have that written out already. <laughs> exactly. It's just become too much. So, so I say, well, if you want to know how it works, just come to the store and I'll take the time and I'll, I'll walk you through. Uh, but I just can't respond to an email from someone, you know, writing from New Zealand or, you know, it's just, I can't do that anymore. I'm sorry about that, but uh, I would love to, but it's just not possible. Yeah, well, it's so busy in here. Like, every time I'm here, there's people in, and it's just great. So, That's great. Um, <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and your time to allow me to come in here and, and speak with you, because uh, it's, it's so important what you're doing, and I just love it. So, if you're in the Ottawa area, the address is uh, Wellington? At 1130 Wellington Street West uh, in Hintonburg, so it's the corner of Rosemount Avenue. Right in the capital. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That was Valerie Leloux. She's the co-founder of New Grocery, Ottawa's zero-waste grocery store. This week on my Countdown to Zero Waste, I wanted to find out what other people love about shopping zero-waste, just like I do. I caught up with one of New Grocery's customers who was shopping while I was there. Check this out. What's your name? My name's Toby. Toby? Yeah. And is this your first time coming to the new grocery Zero Waste store? Yes, it is. Yeah. What do you think of it so far? Uh, it's great. Uh, yeah, I'm taking stock of everything that's here. So I can, you know, like plan in the future about what, what I can actually buy here and what I can, how I can reduce my plastic and, and awesome. glass waste. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your main concern about uh, reducing plastic? Is that a big uh, concern of yours? I guess about three years ago, I went basically vegan. I figured that's like the next frontier is, you know, yes, I'm not eating as many animal products, but I'm producing tons of plastic and glass and all that kind of waste. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of talk about it right now in the news and stuff, so. There is, yeah. yeah. Well, good for you for going vegan because they just had a news article coming out saying that pretty much the best thing you can do for the environment is to stop eating meat and dairy. Yeah, yeah. They have vegan cheese here too. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't yet. No, no, where is it? Um, It's over in the other area, like by the olives. So I haven't tried it yet, but I love cheese, but I'm trying to not eat any dairy also. Uh, So that's one of the things that I I want to start having. I just bought some uh, some vegan blue cheese. It's made in London, Ontario. Nice. And it's like it's cashew cheese that's made with bacteria, like I guess the way that you would typically make real cheese, except yeah. that it's made with cashews. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly. It this oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Valerie yeah. was saying that's exactly how they make it here. Uh, the same culture. Oh, they make it in house here. Uh, I think it's a, a company that makes it, but it was the same thing. Um, okay. Very cool. Yeah. So that's really neat. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, I hope that you find uh, lots of awesome stuff, and uh, thank you for for that. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you listen to us. You can follow me on Instagram at zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you're interested in becoming a patron of the show, you can find us on Podbean and click the button that says become a patron. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.